From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon. I'm joined today by Keith Niebuhr and Jason Caldwell. The big news that just came out Tuesday, which will be old news maybe by the time you listen to this, Bo Nix, officially the starting quarterback for the Auburn Football Tigers, something that we've been expecting really for the last two weeks, but finally made official Tuesday. Auburn 24-7 broke it. Yes, I'm going to brag about it because in this world, you break something and then 15 minutes later, it's not breaking news anymore. But uh, we've got several stories up if you want to go read them, analysis of the decision, and also Gus Malzahn's history with true freshman quarterbacks. Um, but Auburn starting a true freshman at quarterback, gentlemen, for the first time in a season opener since 1946 with Travis Tidwell, who led the nation in offense that year, by the way. Huge news. What are your first impressions? You guys watched them more than he watched Bo Nix more than me in high school. Jason, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, it's all about kind of you, you've seen this trend come college football for the last few years. Um, these guys come in more prepared to play and, and more ready to play than we've ever seen them as a true freshman. And Bo's one of those guys. I mean, uh, he's been playing since he was an eighth grader. Uh, his dad obviously was a quarterback at Auburn. But he's also an offensive coordinator at Miami and Georgia Tech and the head coach in the college ranks as well. So he's as prepared as you can be. And physically, uh, he's gotten bigger and stronger. And I think, I think we could see this starting to come coming out of spring once you saw that that you know he was able to, to at least pull even and pull ahead of a guy like Malik Willis and, and it, that he was only going to get better as, as the more the more he got on campus and I think that was the case. Keith, uh what did you think of the decision and just Bo Nix overall as a quarterback after watching him in high well, school? Yeah, I'm a fan of, of both Bo and Joey. And I, I you know Joey Gatewood never had a private quarterback coach. He he didn't come from a family that could afford to send him across the country to to get all this training that everybody's had. So he was always going to be a little bit raw when he got to Auburn. But I still like his long-term ability. Let's see how he handles this. Uh, from what everybody says, he's matured a great deal over the course of the last year. And I've personally seen a great maturation in him just since I've known him, which is dating back to when he was, gosh, just over 14 years old. So um, let's see what happens with Joey and how he handles it. But Bo always was just so mature. I mean, you know, he'd stop by at his old school. He was at Scottsboro before he was at, uh, at Pinson Valley. And even at a young age, he just, the way he carried himself uh, and how poised he was, and it was never about him. It was always about other people helping him do certain things in life. And as you got to know him and got to know his family, it made sense. And and I'll tell you guys, I think an underrated element in his success story here, and we don't know what kind of player he's going to be in college, but the success story up to this level is his uh, his mother and, and that part of the family. You know, his, his grandfather is a famous high school football coach in Georgia. Um, his mother, you know, went to Auburn and and dated Patrick Nix, his father, and then obviously married him. And she's used to this lifestyle. She she understands what it takes to be a football parent. And, you know, it really helps someone grow and mature as a young man when everybody in the family is on the same page. And just from talking to both his parents and Bo and Bo's two siblings, he's got a younger sister and a younger brother, they're all on the same page. And they, they all have a singular focus. And, 
quite frankly, that singular focus is doing whatever it takes for Auburn to be a success. So I think it's a, it's an incredible story given that, you know, he has so many family ties to the school of Auburn, uh, his father, his mother, his grandparents, uh, and now Bo's going to be the quarterback. And it, it's just a, one of the more incredible and, uh, and great stories if you're an Auburn fan that you could possibly dream up. And, and, and you know what? It, can only, it might only just get better. We'll see. You know, one thing, one critique that I always see from some people um, that I don't quite understand, everybody goes, well, he's not, he's not a runner. He, he is a runner. Uh, 24-7 ranked him as the number one dual-threat quarterback in the nation in the class of 2019. He rushed for just under 400 yards in high school. Um, he's a guy that when plays break down, he can go pick up a big, big gain. And Jason, I remember you telling me, he's a guy that reminds you a lot of a Heisman Trophy winner from the Big 12. Yeah, I, when I think about Bo, I think about a guy like Baker Mayfield on the field, not off the field. I think on the field because he's a guy that can run, and people wouldn't think Baker Mayfield was a runner either, but you watch him play, and, and he can make plays with his legs, but he can also do things with his legs to set up a pass, and I think that's what you look at from Bo. People got a glimpse of it in, in the 8A game, him running and doing some of those things. He's a guy that can absolutely run, and uh, – you know, if you if you look at it from a speed standpoint, yeah, you know, he's a pretty fast guy. He ran four six at the opening and had a I think a shuttle time right above four seconds, which is very, very good for just about anybody, especially good for a, a guy that a lot of people consider a pocket pass. Now, moving forward, obviously Bo Nix has the lineage, he has the coaching, as you guys mentioned. I mean, not many players coming into their freshman season can say, hey, I've been coached my entire life by one, a former college quarterback, but also a former college football coordinator, and then was coached by that guy as my high school head coach, in addition to being raised by him. So um, going into this opener against Oregon, it's the biggest game of the opening week. It's the only ranked matchup. Does Auburn hold Bo back a little bit? Do they try to be a little bit more reliant on the defense and running the football more? Or do you think they'll let him loose a little bit like we saw at Pinson Valley? Jason, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I, I think he's a guy that you just have to let play the game. I, I think knowing there's going to be mistakes. I mean, he's a freshman. Uh, no matter which quarterback you put out there, you would expect that there was going to be some mistakes. But I think you got to let Bo do what he does, which is um, you know, do the guy that runs, you know, runs the RPO system well and does some of those things. I think that's, that's part of his strength. That's part of you know, why he won the job, obviously. And you know, when you look at Seth Williams and, and those receivers coming back, I think that's one of the things you have to allow him to do, I believe. You know, maybe not throw it 40 times, but I think you need to give him the opportunity to do what he does best. I, I could see a conservative game plan early. And if, if Oregon can't handle that aspect of the Auburn offense, then you just kind of keep doing that. But if it's a tight game and Auburn needs to open things up, that's where I think you could see uh, Bo running a little bit more too. Uh, to kind of stretch that defense. Maybe uh, maybe if, if Auburn's fortunate enough to have that happen where Bo can get some yards and some chunk runs, then what that does is you see that Nick Marshall effect where safety has to come down and recognize that. And then all of a sudden, then you can take your shots deep because you've got more man coverage on the outside. And at that point in the game, Bo's kind of in the flow of the game. So I, I could, again, conservative early. Uh, but opening it up throughout the game as the game necessitates. But again, we don't, you know, 
look, this is that's the challenge with these first games. Uh, forget about who's quarterbacking. You just really don't know who you are, let alone who the other team is. You think you might know, but you really don't. And so it's uh, the game. I think will dictate how much of the offense gets opened up. Look, guys, he has run this offense, and, and Jason, I know you know this, uh, and Brandon, you too. But he has run the similar offense in through all throughout high school. So it was an easy transition for him when he got to Auburn, just in terms of running the offense. Now the speed of the game and the guys coming at you and all that, that takes some adjustment, no doubt about it. And in fact, it's going to take an adjustment period as, as you get into the season too, because the intensity level during a game is much higher than it would ever be at a scrimmage or a practice. But Bo understands this offense and, and really understands it almost like the back of his hand, because that's what he's been running now, terminologies and such change. But he has been preparing for this, not since he got to Auburn, but since he became the starting quarterback back in the ninth grade. He's also a quarterback that, as we've mentioned, I mean, when you compare him to Joey Gatewood, I would obviously say he's the better passer, but he's a guy that is probably more willing to take take some risks because he trusts his receivers, and that's how you build trust with receivers. And that's what he's been taught throughout his entire life. You know, let your guy go up and get the ball if you feel confident enough in them. And Auburn's got a couple of receivers like that and Seth Williams and Matthew Hill a little bit, and even Sal Canella, though he's been inconsistent, he had a heck of a uh, practice, wasn't a scrimmage, but a practice um, over the weekend. So Nix is the type of guy that, you know, everybody's going to think throwing it downfield and all that stuff, but he's the type of guy that can thread, you know, the needle through the window, so to speak, or whatever cliche you want to say, in the middle of the field and make some throws that some other quarterbacks maybe – Auburn on campus right now doesn't have, you know, a lot of people say, well, Jared Stidham did a little bit of that, but Bo Nix with him, what you see is a very, a much higher ceiling than they did with Jared Stidham because they only had him for two years or for that matter, Joey Gatewood at this moment. And I say at this moment, because you never know what's going to happen and they're going to play Joey Gatewood at some point, including in that opener against uh, Oregon. But, Bo Nix has such a high ceiling and they feel like he understands things enough. Go ahead and give him the reins and let him grow because losing against Oregon guys, it's not going to be the end of the world if they were to lose because they've got two weeks to really get Nick's into a rhythm. And then they get back and get, get into the sec play. And as we know, the sec games are what matter to, to Auburn and what, what matters to Gus Malzahn. Now, having said all that, how do you guys think Joey Gatewood fits into the plans for everything? You know, Keith mentioned Joey earlier, and, and I agree. I think he's a guy that I think he still has a tremendous amount of upside. And the thing that people forget in this in this battle is Bo Nix is actually physically older than Joey Gatewood, and he is probably five times more experienced than Joey does because Joey split time in high school. That means split reps in games and practice. Bo's been getting those first team reps for, for five years. And so uh, I think I think you look at Joey Gatewood to me as a guy that uh, maybe there's a series, maybe it's the third, maybe it's the fourth series. You want to go in and completely change and, and let him run kind of his things. But I really believe in short yardage and, and especially inside the 20, I think that could become a big weapon for Auburn a la the 2010 kind of power run that Cam Newton kind of did. They became an unstoppable team in short yardage. I think you do some of those similar things with Joey Gatewood this season. Well, I think there's a lot of possibilities with Joey Gatewood. And, and one of them is like, as you guys mentioned, the short yardage stuff. But what that also allows you is that when he substituted in other parts of the field, that 
teams are expecting the short yardage type play and you can spring something bigger on them. Okay. You can do more with that. You can build off of that. And, and Joey can run and that, that he can really run and he can run by you and he can run through you. Uh, so that gives you a lot of possibilities in the red zone, obviously, but then other parts of the field, uh, again, if that's what a defense is expecting a third and one, you can maybe take a shot knowing that you can come back on fourth and one with Joey Gatewood. So there's a lot of possibilities you know, I don't know what his mindset is right now. Long term, we don't know what's going to happen here. I, I mean, guys, it just seems like you wouldn't have both of them for, for the next four years. I mean, that, that's off the top of your head. But remember one thing. Just because somebody is named the starter today does not mean they're going to be the starter tomorrow and tomorrow being in the future. We don't know what the future holds. I've covered a lot of programs and followed a lot of football. Florida State has had quarterback battles go on for multiple seasons. Danny Werfel and uh, – and Terry Dean at Florida. You remember that one, Jason? I know you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so one guy gets the starting job, and the other guy wins the Heisman Trophy. So it's not over for Joey Gatewood. In this I-need-everything-now kind of generation, though, you wonder how he's going to handle things. Uh, so that, that's going to be the interesting thing. But Joey Gatewood, I still think he's got a bright future ahead, whether it's at Auburn or somewhere else. And uh, But I, he's going to play a lot this year. I really believe that. I, I really do. Um, and he's going to be an asset to this team, and he's going to score some touchdowns. That, that would be my guess. He's going to make some big plays. And y- you know what? I, I think these guys are both two young guys that have bought into the team thing. Now, we'll see. We'll see how, how it all shakes out, but I, I do believe that with my heart. I think Eightwood's been told that, too. You're, you're going to be a, a part of our plans here. You're, you're going to be playing for us. Um, you're not just going to be the prototypical backup quarterback that goes in if someone gets injured. We're going to bring you in for some packages and everything. And I get asked this, like, why isn't Joey Gatewood practicing as the Wildcat quarterback? And it's like, well, you have to practice, get a backup quarterback ready. You're not going to just practice as a Wildcat quarterback, even if you know Bo Nix is the guy. And that will continue. He'll continue to practice as the backup quarterback. But Joey Gatewood's not going to be the quote-unquote Wildcat guy. Um, he's just going to be a quarterback. <laughs> right, yeah. He's going to be a quarterback who runs, and sure, the formation's going to be the Wildcat, maybe with an extra blocker in some tight situations like in the red zone, but I'm very interested to see how they do that rotation and when they bring him in. Do they just bring him in real quick if it's like third and two or something? You know, uh, well, it'd be interesting to watch. I think you got to keep him happy, too. You know, he's put up. He's put a lot into this program, and and as everybody has said, I read all your stories that, that how much this guy's grown up over the last year. I, I think you, I think in that very first game, I think you you give him some opportunities, especially if you get down in the red zone and you need a foot or a yard because he can get you that and make him feel good about what he's bringing to the program because you can lose a guy really quick if you don't do that. And uh, you know, again, this is a this is an instant gratification kind of kind of era right now. So you've got to keep him happy and. You know, people can say what they want. If he doesn't buy into the team, too bad. You screw him and all that. But he's in a tough situation. That's not an. This is not easy news to handle. Believe me. And so, and and then don't forget this. He's got friends, family. Everybody's in his ear. What do you think they're telling him right now? You know what I mean. So, so keep him happy and give him a lot of opportunities and make him feel like he's a part of that. A part of that uh, that offense. A big part of that offense. Not just a, a guy, like you said, Brandon, not just some role player, but a guy that can actually be the guy if they need him to. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the sun. 
a new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. You know, going going forward, I want to talk about our expectations for Bo Nix as a true freshman, but we've seen it at the elite programs here of late. True freshman starting or coming in and like saving the day. We saw it with Tua at Alabama in the 2017 National Championship game, leading Alabama to a comeback victory against Georgia. We saw it at Clemson last season with Trevor Lawrence replacing uh, Kelly Bryant, I think in game four and starting the rest of the way and leading them to a national championship. It's a little bit more prevalent at these elite programs. And Gus Malzahn made a great point back in July at SEC Media Days. He said, you've got to have really good players around them to make them successful as a true freshman. So I ask this, does Auburn have the pieces to help make Bo Bo Nix better and get him out of some bad situations if they arise on the field? Yeah, uh, I'll I'll start because it's something I've been saying and people kind of, I don't know, maybe raise their eyebrow a little bit when I say it, but to me, uh, there's two things. Obviously, the running game. You gotta ha- you gotta be able to run the football to to help out that young guy. But to me, you think about Clemson, you think about Alabama, you think about Georgia, Jake Fromm. One of the biggest reasons those guys were successful as well is because their defense did the job on the other side and got them the ball back. And you know, just think about how many defensive touchdowns those teams have scored. All, all those things that take some of that pressure off, put them on short fields, and give them really good scoring opportunities. I think for Auburn and for Bo Nix and this offense to be what it's going to be, I think the defense has to be what people think it could be this season. You know, I, I think they do have uh, the pieces around him. I mean, we, we'll see. Like, you know, Auburn seems to think this offensive line is going to be really, really good. But until they play, until they show it, you know, a lot of us are still going to wonder, you know, still going to have some doubts. But historically, when you look at the true freshman quarterbacks that have done things in the SEC, I'm trying to think who comes to mind. You know, obviously, from what did he have? A good offensive line. Uh, back in the 80s, was Tommy Hodson not a freshman court, starting quarterback at LSU? I believe he might have been. What, what, what has LSU yeah. always had? Good offensive lines. 1984, Kerwin Bell started as a freshman at Florida. Five guys drafted on the offensive line. So you're always going to need that piece more than anything else. So it really kind of, the stars all kind of seem to align for Bo Nix. Uh, you know, just the, Gus being there running that same offense that, that he's used to. And, you know, let's be honest, most of these seasons that Gus has been at, at Auburn, they've been kind of slow starting teams, right? So now you've got a, a freshman quarterback, a true freshman quarterback. But in this day and age, and I know, and I know Brandon, you've written this, and I believe Philip Marshall's written this, Jason, you probably have too. These young guys get to college better equipped than they've ever been because of the people, uh, the, you know, the quarterback camps. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they're just, uh, they're just better situated to come in and do things like this now than ever before. You know, obviously uh, North Carolina just named a true freshman as its starting quarterback. So did Arizona state, uh, you know, 
you're seeing it more and more. It used to never happen. You had to wait three, four years. Look at a program like Florida State where all those great quarterbacks that went through there, Brad Johnson, Peter Tom Willis, Chip Ferguson, Charlie Ward, all those guys had to wait their turn. You just don't see that as much anymore. Guys don't have to wait. They're ready to go. Well, guys, great breakdown of Bo Nix, Auburn starting quarterback. We're going to see how he does in the season opener, August 31st, in the premier game uh, of week one. Again, Bo Nix, Auburn starting quarterback, first true freshman to start at Auburn since 1946. And here's the good news. Gus Malzahn hasn't relied on a true freshman quarterback for a long period of time since 2006, his first year as an offensive coordinator. That quarterback went 8-0 as a starter, and his name was Mitch Mustaine at Arkansas. We'll see how Bo Nix does in this offense. Certainly has a lot of weapons to work with. We'll have full coverage at auburn.247sports.com. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Auburn Undercover.